0: Hmm. Recorded live. Hello, hello, hi.
1: Mm-hmm. Her, her new book, <clears throat> Someone Who Has Been Around in the Ufology community for a very long time um books 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 the new human
0: awakening to our cot So we got 10 minutes, so I'm going to go there I'm just sit there. Mail, yeah. invite, copy, and then will shop. Mm oh. <laughs> mm <clears throat> We go hello hello
1: how are you can you see me Everything's I'm good great.
2: thanks excellent hold on i'll just close the mail down that's it that's it and there we are great
1: how are you doing
2: i'm good. doing well Derek. so thank you for sending me your l- latest lyrics yes they were ma'am. great
1: i figured you'd like them
2: yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Brilliant. So I'd like to hear the music that goes with them.
1: Oh, yeah. It's not released yet. The song's done, so I can send you the song, but it's not released yet. I'll, I'll, I'll um, send you that when I get a chance.
2: Oh, perfect. I get some lovely music sent me with all sorts of things related to this. We uh-huh. want to see more of it out in mainstream, don't we?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, you know, people are finding it who who need it right now and the people who are asking questions and those people will find it just like I found it just like I found you and the people who watch this podcast found me everybody's kind of connecting with their tribe man it's, it's it's really beautiful what's happening
2: I agree no it's brilliant lots lots of good stuff we need it at the moment too
1: all right so i think i'm ready to go on this end um so what i'll do is just um it's going to play the intro you won't be able to hear it and i'll just do a quick introduction welcome you to the show and then we'll just go into it um about probably 40 minutes in or so something like that we'll open up the phone lines if anybody has questions they can call in and you'll be able to hear them and everything too so we'll do that and hopefully people will call in okay and then once this is done, it'll be archived on YouTube. Um, I'll send you the, all the links for that. And it'll be on iTunes and all the podcasting uh, apps and stuff, too. So,
0: Perfect. All right.
1: All right, we're going to go live. It'll be probably two minutes, and then I'll do the spill. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, how are y'all doing? You're tuned into another episode of the True Seeker podcast. I'm excited and delighted to be here. We've got a lot going on over here at TrueSeeker.com. A lot of podcasts lined up, a lot of awesome interviews that we've just done. We've just uploaded so many really cool um, interviews with with different guests in ufology and spirituality and all of these topics. This is what we cover here. And tonight we have another exciting show for you. I'm so excited, thrilled, and delighted to be talking to my guest tonight. I am joined by Mary Rodwell. How are you, Mary?
2: I'm good, Derek, and it's a pleasure to be with you.
1: Someone who has opened up the door for many of us. I think you've influenced many of the leading names out there right now in ufology. I don't think that many of us would be doing what we're doing if it wasn't for you in your work and being a forerunner and doing this for what is it, 30 plus years now that you've been in this, in this field doing this stuff when, you know, some of us were just being born. Some of us were having these encounters as a young child and you were reporting on them and, and doing counseling sessions and stuff like that with people who were having uh, ET contact. Can you talk a little bit about what you do and where you started with your work?
2: Well, as you said, that I've been a researcher for uh, at least 20 plus years. Um, in this whole field. And I came to, into it simply because someone came to me and said, look, you know, there's, there's no support groups for this, for this. People just think you're crazy, um, you know, but I've heard you're open-minded and, and told me about his experiences. And what was really important, Derek, was this. It wasn't just about himself. He was talking about his whole family were having these experiences, you know, his partner and the children. So, I knew that this was a reality that that was affecting not, you know, just not individual people here, but the whole family. And that gave it uh, to me, at least another level of reality. And as you say, when you know, you were a young child and what have you, the important thing is now is that this is intergenerational. And a lot of the, those younger people coming to me now, like yourself um, are actually, you know, been having this going on all their lives. So for me, That was the start, and and started me on the road of offering support and then creating my Australian Close Encounter Resource Network, and from that also being involved in a new foundation called the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Research. In fact, what we're doing is trying to bring this into mainstream in a way that people like yourself will not feel like there's something wrong with them. In fact, understand this is a very, very important time in our evolutionary history.
1: A lot of times when I first got into the field and and seeing some some things on on television as far as movies and stuff like that, a lot of fear, a lot of hysteria. The movie Fire in the Sky, I seen that when I was maybe seven. That movie scared the hell out of me. You know, Dad, and I know you mentioned the movie um, Communion with um, Whitley Strieber. Um, that movie as well scared me. So when there was any talk of ET contact or seeing strange lights in the sky, immense fear came upon me. Um, Even to when it was something that was calling me into the field to pursue it, there was still so much fear there that I would be abducted, taken away from my family and never brought back. Where does that come into play with overcoming fear to say like, you know, many people say that ETs or aliens are demonic entities and they want to kidnap you. They want to do these things. Where, where do we get when, when people are having contactee experiences and we're not supposed to demonize it? Where, I mean, where's that line there? People are scared to death.
2: It's a very good question. And it's one that I've been dealing with all along, wanting to work out where the fear comes from and whether or not. It's just fear of the fact that they're so different or, in fact, whether or not something really terrible has happened to them. And often it's because it's unknown and they've not understood. The trouble is with mainstream media, they have demonized it. They've made it this scary. They're out to get you. But, my, you know, with my first book, Awakening, how extraterrestrial contact transforms your life, why does it transform it, is what people want to ask. And the reason that I wrote that was what I I saw when people get past the fear, they start to understand what's going on. And sometimes that will happen by being informed, getting to know more about this and not just what the media puts out there. But also if they're exploring their own experiences, they have a kind of transformation that they realize has occurred because of their experiences. And, And by that I mean they have enhanced psychic abilities. They find they're more ecologically conscious. You know, they find they, they don't want to harm things. They're less aggressive. They find they have healing abilities. They find that they want to change the planet in a positive way. Now, if these beings were so terrible and, and wanting us to be biological fodder, why on earth would they try and change people in this, uh, this very special, spiritual and, 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 and life-enhancing way? And that's what people don't realize. And the great thing with Free, the organization that we're doing the surveys now, Over 600 questions, nearly 4,000 people. Do you know what the thing that absolutely bites you in the bum is that 85% of them say they would not change these experiences because it's changed their lives in a transformative way. And this is what's not out there. And anyone who wants to go onto the site will see the surveys. And this is what people are saying consciously. You know, we're talking about now several thousands. We've got it in five different languages. And the overriding thing is that this is changing people and it's changing them in a positive way. And that's what is not out there in mainstream. And that's why it has to be out in mainstream, because we've got to understand that although you know the the, the you know the the consensus is they're all out to get you, what we're finding is there's probably only about ten to fifteen percent that are that are scared. And often they're scared more because they don't know what's going on or they don't understand or they've had human types of uh, fear-based things, which we call um, my lab, that mm-hmm. um, are, are orchestrated to create yeah. the fear. And people don't know about that.
0: Exactly. So they think
2: it's all the same thing. And you know what I'm talking about yeah. because you're an informed person. But that has been the most traumatic of all of those that have come to me have been due to my lab, not to the ETs.
1: Yes. That right there is the... The whole thing that throws a wrench into the whole machine about this being demonic entities or something scary going on because these people who are having these abduction scenarios have uh, talked about waking up on a ship or or in, in in a doctor's office or someplace, waking up with beings around them, but also seeing people in military garb standing in the room watching everything happen. That's the whole my lab experiments and stuff and so there's something to that these um military in um, induced abductions and that's a whole nother story and a whole nother thing to go into but i wanted to ask you like what where does like as far as the whole contactee thing because you know we don't hear the term abduction anymore when I was a kid, that, like, that, was the, that was the buzzword. Watch out, you'll be abducted. And some people still hang on to that. But as far as in doing the research now, I, I, I don't hear the term anymore. I hear the term contactee or experiencer. Talk a little bit about how these different experiences are kind of morphing and changing just in the field um, in general.
2: It's a very important term, and it's one that for a long time You know, didn't fit for me because people that were coming to me that explored it through another level, maybe through hypnosis, were finding out that they were being taken on craft and there was genetic material taken, but they were being taught things on craft. They were having healing experiences on craft or actually feeling connected to many of the beings on the craft. So they didn't feel they were abducted, but they were having encounters which is a whole new ball game, And the trouble is with abductions, it makes it out to always be this is not consensual as well. Well, many Definitely. of them were finding that it was consensual. So we have to change that term, which has got such a negative connotation, and change it. Now the word experiencer seems to fit a lot more for people, although there are many that say they still feel like they've been abducted. The abductions often are due to the MyLab, where, yes, they are abducted. But we're having to change the terms because they're not relevant to what most people now are experiencing that we're finding out. And that's really, really important because we have to change this whole negative understanding that has been so popular in media. I mean, the the films that you're talking about, even Close Encounters of the Third Kind, lots of people got triggered by watching that. But then you've got E.T., you know, this wonderful story of this being and what have you. So, so, you know, it's showing a whole new side. And I think Avatar is another one. Oh, that's
1: yeah.
2: People really thinking about our mindset and where we're coming from as a very, um, you know, primitive race, if you like, of rather ag- aggressive individuals that still think in that kind of paranoia. We've really got to wake up and realize that this is the outcome of, of people who have these experiences. And it is completely different to what was understood a few years ago
1: so where does the spirituality come into play because many people who have had it's kind of like now the the whole et and ufo phenomenon goes hand in hand with the spiritual awakening scenario when people are are coming to these awakenings or and it's kind of you know one way or the other somebody can have a kundalini experience and then they're you know, they meet these beings, these higher intelligences in meditation and then ships show up and then they're in deep meditation and ships come over their house. And there's this weird link there. But like you said, it's always to the betterment of the person. It's not it's not like at that moment, fear has gone. It's something beautiful. It's to help me be a better person, to bring forth healing to humanity and things like this. Where does the whole spirituality come in? To, to play with that, as far as the the ETs maybe wanting us to ascend or wanting to teach us about our true selves.
2: Very good question, Derek, and I'm really glad you brought it up. What we've discovered with free, um, and because we're working with um, neuroscientists, um, professors of, of uh, psychology and astrophysics, and and what have you, what we've we've put together is an understanding that this experience can be uh, uh, the catalyst for this experience, can not just be seeing UFOs. It can be after a near-death experience. It can be after a kundalini awakening. It can be after some kind of spiritual practice. Even, you know, taking ayahuasca, for example, what that does is shift our consciousness to another realm of awareness where we can then see what's in the other realms, which is, you know, you can see your spirit guides or angels. You can see these non-human intelligences, you perceive this greater realm. You know, some would see even fairies, for example, or, or um, higher, higher spiritual beings. And all of this is in that realm. And so it doesn't have to be the UFO catalyst. It can be through spiritual practices that this, this occurs. So what we're really looking at is consciousness. We're looking at an accelerated, um, elevated consciousness, a higher frequency, if you like, And this can happen through, you know, your interactions with these beings through seeing a UFO or whatever, or through, you know, a near-death experience. So it really is, what we're looking at here is a shift in human consciousness that can happen in different ways for different people. For one soul, it can be through seeing a UFO. From somebody else, it can be a Kundalini awakening. It's really what the soul, I think, chooses as their business plan for this planet, if you like. My business plan is I'm going to have it when I see this UFO when I'm 14, or whatever it is. And so from that, then it's the catalyst to get them to see beyond the 3D programming, which is the problem of this planet, which says, unless you can see it through and hear it and feel it on you know, our senses, that it's not real. And what we're really discovering is that we're multidimensional. And this is the catalyst that shows us our multidimensional nature. And all the wonderful things that happen from that is, the changes in somebody spiritually they start to care about the planet they start to believe you know feel and sense you know that many start to communicate with animals and 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 feel the consciousness of the planet they they start to feel energies from people they start to realize you know um, become very empathic, for example all these things these psycho spiritual changes all seem to be um, if you like um, triggered by these these experiences, whether it's through as I say, you know, taking ayahuasca or Kundalini Awakening or through seeing a UFO.
1: That that's true. Um those um plant plant medicines seem to um melt away this matrix. and what we Think to be real or what we think to be everlasting even I think it's funny because like even in the the scriptures Jesus says to focus upon the things that are eternal love joy peace and these things and when you have those encounters whether it is through a psychedelic um, you are in touch with the divine and I think there's something there whether it's just this this spark of awe you know whether it is you you know you you take the uh, the medicine uh, the sacrament, or you see the UFO, it sparks this awe and wonder. Or you watch Avatar. Like many people watch the movie Avatar, and that sparked their awakening of wanting to protect this race of beings. Like when I seen it, there's that you know there's so much revelation to that movie of um what's going on now with our Avatar self. That being said, versus a, a picture of what kind of already happened, almost like a history movie of sorts but people are seeing these things and it's just sparking awe and wonder in them to make them know that there's something that's real beyond our five senses and most of us can feel it deep down and we know we have with these weird dreams and 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 are having these, these different memories and um people are having awakenings and stuff and they they're looking for people to confirm it and so where you were uh, some time ago you you were a uh, therapist and a counselor correct and people were having having problems and they would come to you and they would share their stories but their stories tend to go into the supernatural and paranormal is that where everything started for you as far as looking into this stuff can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yes, I mean I started out as a nurse midwife but um I ended up going into counseling in in the UK and bringing those skills to uh, when I came to Australia. So I was doing the conventional counseling for many years until I started to explore my own spirituality and I started looking into healing and energy work and and exploring the non-physical realm and when I did hypnosis I was working with people um taking them into past lives for example. So this whole connection to the eternal nature of the spirit became very clear to me, where people were choosing to come into the human journey this time and picking their parents and picking their siblings for for their learning and what have you. So this opens up a whole new way of looking at ourselves and our lives and, and what does soul, spirit mean, if you like. And from that, so that when, you know, I got people coming to me saying you know, I remember a past life or I remember that I came from another planet and they would describe the planet. Um, A lot of the children have conscious memory of this. They'll talk about coming from different planetary systems, different galaxies. One 10-year-old told me he came to a portal in the sun, for example, another dimension. So when you've got people having these kinds of memories, for me, it's logical. If If the soul is eternal and is experiencing all different things in different um, dimensions, different timelines, and um, whatever, then it, it's, it's quite understandable that they will feel connected to many of these beings that they say they made an agreement to come in embodied in human form. And so, a lot of the, the, the those coming in, the star seeds and star kids, are talking about their family out there. They're not talking about their human family. They're saying, you know, I want to go home. This is not home. I don't feel like this is home. Yeah. Um, you know, and they'll say to their parents, five-year-olds will say, you know, you're not my real parents. My parents are in space. And the parents don't know what to do with that because, you know, it's hard for them to appreciate it. You know, like an eight-year-old told me that he's close to the mantid beings, you know, the praying mantis type beings because they're family. And when he dies, that's where he's going back to them, you know, the mantis, the mantis. So where, what does this all mean? You know, is everyone going crazy or are we just being shown more of the true reality? And I believe when you've got not just a few, not just a hundred or two, not just a thousand or two, but more than that, coming out with the same things, you've got to say, hold on a minute. Either they're all going you know, crazy or this is real. And we have got to wake up to the fact that we've been programmed out of that side of ourselves as well. So, you know, for me, I opened up myself into more of the non-physical realm through the healing that I did, through the, you know, the past life work that I did, and I am also able to to sense and feel more of what, what we call the non-physical realm because it is part of our heritage to be tapped into that, mm-hmm. even though we don't realize. You know, the indigenous people know it. Yeah. You know, people in other countries that are open to South America and what have you. You know the, uh, know all about this truth. It's only Western society has been programmed. As one nine-year-old told me in, in uh, Europe, she said, when you go to school, you're programmed out of your light, out of your awareness, and the teachers just press the keys. So that is what the problem is. We're living in an inaccurate paradigm, a paradigm that we are programmed into that doesn't fit any of us, really, but we are forced into it because of schooling, education, family, beliefs, religion, or whatever it is. And the whole thing is, it's inaccurate, and it's limited, and it's not, not true. And I think most of us, like yourself, know this, and it's time for us to get back to that knowing.
1: The whole, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole star seed, indigos, you know, star children, These, this, this, um, framework um when when did it start because it seems like this is something that we're seeing a lot of now the whole adhd attention deficit hyperactive disorder um autism and things like this these children who are coming here who operate differently they're not sick they're not dysfunctional right and that framework of society which we're trying to introduce them to sit in a chair for eight hours that that doesn't work (laughs) it doesn't work at all and so um when did this start because i know this is something around the 80s mid 80s or so that that we just started to see an influx of it is this something new or is or or have these souls been coming here the whole time and what's going on with these children who think differently who are essentially teaching us how to smile teaching us how to dance teaching us how to uh relearn and rethink the way that we do things like was this is this something new it's just been going on since the 60s and way before that is this something with the flower you know, uh, child movement where were they some of these people trying to get answers you know
2: very good question i would like to say that you know i believe um nikola tesla was probably one of the first star and because he always he was autistic he always got information through visions was a vegetarian and what have you. But I do think that there's been, uh, um, if you like, an acceleration of these new types of programs. And certainly I think 60s, they, you know, they call that the first wave of you know, 50s, 60s, even 40s. And, I, and my feeling is that it's been accelerated because as soon as we got technology that meant we could go into space, um, many of these intelligences were very worried about the, how primitive we were um, and I think that they went into a concerted effort to shift and change our consciousness, so what we 're seeing through all those those years is a gradual shift in each generation where they became a little bit more awake and a bit more different, and people say, you know are they dysfunctional, they can 't operate in our society? The whole idea is I believe these intelligences wanted to be sure they were not programmed into this inaccurate three d that they had to be programmed. So that it was too hard for them to be programmed. And so what did we get? We got the autistic child. We got the dyslexic child. We got the ADHD child. We get get the Asperger's. All of them are hard to program because they're coming from a different level. And, you know, it's perceived as dysfunctional. I perceive them as the new ones, the -hmm. new ones that are showing us how to operate and one lovely gentleman who I got to know in, in um, Hong Kong was um, in his fifties before he worked out he was ADHD and he said Mary I always saw reality differently and he wrote the book Close Encounters of the ADHD kind mm. and he retranslated it into always dialed into higher dimensions oh, and wow. that's how he changes his I
1: like ADHD that. <laughs> Okay. I like so, that a lot better.
2: You know, of course. Because, you know, what we found with the autistic children, for example, many of them are telepathic and it's not recognized, but we are actually, they are being tested to be and they're finding that they're telepathic. So you've got, you know, this is the upgrade that we're going into being telepathic. We're going into that side of ourselves yeah. as we upgrade and what have you. The dyslexics, you know, the reason they don't operate well here is because they are seeing things from a multidimensional perspective. So they're seeing all of this and we're asking them to see through a pinhead and say so that's, that's how it is. So when you start to understand their reality, you see that what they're perceiving is completely different to, from the average 3D individual who thinks that looking through this tiny little, little um, hole is, is actually what reality is when they're seeing all of this. So it's lack of understanding and it's nothing to do with the, the, something being wrong with them. They're the new program they're the ones showing us the way that we need to wake up to be part of that new reality, which is our multidimensional nature and part of our heritage that we've been programmed out of. Whereas, thankfully, they're not being programmed in the same way. Although, you know, there are agencies that are trying to program yeah. them, stick sling down their faces and shut them down and slow them up. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's another agenda to, because they are aware of them. There are agencies that know full well that these children are being born globally, and they will target them. And that's one of the ways to target them.
1: I want to let everybody know that the phone lines are open. If anybody wants to call in, the number is streaming across the uh, video and in all of the descriptions as well. If you have a question for Mary or myself, call in, or if you want to share your encounter Uh, The phone lines are open, and this is the platform to do so. We'll get to your calls here shortly. I do see we have a couple people on hold right now. We'll get to you guys uh, very soon. Just bear with us just a few more minutes. I got a couple questions that I have to get in. Okay, you mentioned about telepathy. That's a big thing of these different The spiritual awakening comes with spiritual abilities. Um, Trying to figure out how these things work and... Are they real? Always having a fascination for this and people are going through life and they're hearing voices. They're picking up on energies around people. They get around certain people and they're able to feel fear, love, joy, whatever that person has. They're able to feel it. And, and people who don't know the framework for uh, telepathy or psychic abilities and things like that, they don't really know what's going on. Um, there's, and and it it can create a lot of problems. That's why the work that we're doing is so important to let people know that, first of all, they're not alone. First of all, um, there's a scripture in the Bible that just speaks out to me, um, just in my studies. And it, it says, the spirit of the prophets is subject unto the prophets. And what that means is that, um, it takes a prophet to teach a prophet because because those who are prophets are into the prophetic and they're able to be very sensitive to the prophetic giftings and abilities the esp the hearing voices and seeing open visions having dreams where they're taken out of their body traveling to heaven in different realms and things so when we try to go to the clergy or we try to go to the government or to the you know medical industry to get help they they can't help us so The spirit of the prophet is subject unto the prophets. That's why it's high time for the prophets of God, those who are called with these abilities, who know some stuff, who have some understanding of the spirit realm, how it operates and what's going on, to teach those who are younger and just to let them know. Like I said, first of all, you're not alone. What are some of the cases that you've seen? Now, let me ask you this. Have you seen people who have come into that intuition, um, those telepathic um, memories and and hearing things and being able to take that, function it and put it into their lifestyle and operate with it and not just put it aside, but embrace it. Have you seen that?
2: That's a really important one. And one of the reasons I joined, you know, the organization of free was because what we were doing was to actually explain it through a science perspective so that people could actually you know, have something to stand on with it. And the unified theory of consciousness or the quantum hologram explains how you can have intuition, how you can have precognition, seeing future events, how you can see other realms, how you can see other beings, how you can operate in that, that, that particular way and not be crazy. Um, because it's actually part of our, our innate nature. The problem is that we have a reality dysfunction. And that reality dysfunction says, again, that unless you can see it, hear it, feel it, etc., it's not real. What people have to realize is that we have all these abilities, every one of us. There's no one that can't do this. But the problem is that you've got to own it and honor it to, for it to yes. allow you to use it. If you mm-hmm. completely dismiss it or, you know, that feeling of someone going to phone and they do or the feeling I shouldn't go there today and you're glad you didn't because something happened. That's you using your multidimensional senses, your intuition, that feeling, that knowing, that sensing. You might get images. You might get a sense about somebody. Everyone gets a sense about someone who isn't very beneficial for them or whatever. What are you using? You're using your multidimensional awareness to do it. The problem is that as soon as you say, well, I'm hearing voices or anything like that, oh, you need to see a doctor. You know, um, there's there's a good medication for that or whatever. So that's the problem with all of this, Derek, is, is that we're not um, in this society, Western society, allowed to honor that feeling, those knowing, those senses, or the fact that we may get something in our head that says, don't do that today, it's not going to be very helpful. And if we listen to it, it actually is helpful. Yeah. So we've got to move back into our multidimensional acceptance. And this is really important with this particular um, phenomenon.
1: Yeah, that's what I've seen it's like, it's almost like a muscle in a sense. So, you know, we talk about the third eye, the more you use it, you get used to it. I can remember some of the first times um, having those senses and like, okay, is this in my head? Is this imagination that I want to happen? And being, you know, very vivid visions of seeing what could happen if I do this, if I mention this to somebody and seeing the outcome, but there's that fear to step out. And when I started to step out, and see things happen in the spirit realm and, and even in, you know, further down the road in synchronicity and see things line back up, um, you, you learn to use it as a muscle. You learn to trust it. I would say, okay, but, you know, just stepping out sometimes is so hard. And, pe- and we got a lot of comments right now. People are saying that, you know, they, you know, they want the mentors. They need the help. And just encourage you guys, man, to step out if you're in the marketplace and you have those feelings of just being there for somebody, letting them know that, Hey, you know, I hope you have a great day today. You know what you're, you know, you're an amazing person. If it's speaking a kind word, even something as small as that, this is what we're talking about. Just incorporated into our daily lives that can change someone's life just by giving them an encouraging word. I've seen it time and time again of, I remember the first time it, it, it happened, it was a strong urge, while me and my wife and some friends were in Walmart and we were checking out to go to pay for our food. Now, it's, it's always with this whole testing thing. It's because like, they want you to step out to use it. And um, we're in line to check out. and We only had a few dollars. And so we, we had enough money to pay for our stuff and then go to hit the burger joint to go get a couple hamburgers when we left. Like, that's all the money we had. But while I was in line, I had this strong urge. Whether it, we say it's the the uh, the Holy Spirit or our guardian angels or those who are watching over us, urging us what to do, I felt the urge to to, to, to told me uh, the la- the lady in front of me just had a couple canned goods and some fruit, and, and, and the voice said, pay for her her um her groceries. She's only got a. I'm rationalizing it. She's only got a couple canned goods. She can she can handle that. Um, I gotta have my money th- to get the burgers. That's all the money I have. And I'm rationalizing with this voice, right? And 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 this is this is how close it is until we know it. We think it's our own intuition, our own voice. We're talking to ourselves or something. Until we step out. And I wouldn't have stepped out. I didn't pay for the lady's um, groceries because it was only a little bit, and I needed my money. And the lady rang up her her groceries, and the guy uh, told her how much it was. She pulled her money out and didn't have enough. And he had to take some of the canned goods and put them aside. And she only bought half of what she was trying to get. And when she left and walked out, and I stood there, and I didn't say nothing. And when she walked out, I felt the, the strongest grievance in my spirit, like, man, I missed an opportunity. And that voice that was speaking to me was right. And so I learned from that. So next, the next times that I felt that voice, I knew. I never wanted to feel that grievance again that I did something wrong or didn't obey the, the higher consciousness that was there. Um, and that's how we learn, through practical experience. So step out, guys, when, when you guys are uh, having those feelings, man, in your day-to-day life. And it's small. We always think it's going to be something really big. Like, it's got to be something really big. Like, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to tell this person their future, and they're going to start crying. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's just in, in the little nonchalant ways that can change the course of a person's day, man. Have you seen um, stuff like that in your own life? Because I know that, that, you know, like you said, you've done the spiritual work as well. You've done the framework, and I know it wasn't easy for you. What have you seen as far as miraculous healings or um, being like following the voice, the intuition, and it doing something, not just by coincidence, of the, the phone call things, that comes, but the things that matter, like, oh man, I'm glad that I followed that intuition.
2: Well, look, there's, there's far too many. Um, I learned oh. like you did. Um, <laughs> like, I actually spent three years training. To learn how to manage my multi-dimensional side, you know, um, and connecting. So I, you know, we do remote healing. And then I, one of them I could tell you was my dad had really problems with his feet, um, and he lived in England and he had diabetes. And I wanted to try and see if remote healing worked. So I was in a group and we all concentrated on my dad and you know, brought his energy in and we worked on it en- energetically. And I was really interested to see whether this would have made any difference to my father in England. So I rang him the next day, and I asked him how he was going. He said, good, you know, and I said, well, what's been happening? And he told me, and then I said, oh, I said, how's, how's you know, your feet going, Dad? And he said, do you know what? He said, the last few days, they have been feeling so much better. And I, I knew then, I knew. And, and these are the kinds of things that you get, because I'm always testing, like you. I'm always testing <laughs> Is this real or am I imagining it or whatever? But the mere fact, but that wasn't one kind, one time. We, we did a lot of remote healing and sending the energy to different people and what have you. And time and time again, I had validation by checking it out that something important had happened or something, you know, had validated what we've done. That's just with, you know, sending energy. As you say, sending good thoughts or, you know, just smiling at someone um, yeah. make a huge difference in their day. Um, they're little things. They don't cost you anything, you know, <laughs> literally. Yeah. But you see the difference it makes energetically. If you just smile at the, you know, the checkout desk, you know, yeah. to someone on a beautiful day, or tell them how beautiful they are, you get the face lighting up. Oh, thank you. The day's made, and you've yeah. all you've done is say something really kind, and 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 it costs you nothing to do so.
1: Those are so so awesome, man. I. And, and it is practical and that's what people got to understand and and once i understood that and and you know the whole the whole voice thing it's basically your imagination that's what we think it's so close to us that we you know we, we you know we grew up with it it's been there with us the whole time leading us guiding us teaching us talking to us playing with us showing us things about people about stuff and it's so close man and that's kind of the problem sometimes that it's so close that it's like we overlook it. Like, oh, really? It's that I've al- I already hear the voice. I already, you know, get the the um, intuition about things to do. So that that's what's hard about it sometimes. Um, going to the phone lines. Let's open up the phone lines. Now we got somebody's been with us uh, since the beginning of the show. We got a call from Southern Alabama. Who are we speaking with? You're on the podcast.
3: Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, hey, this is Watchman uh, tuning in. I, I've been really enjoying it. Um, I, I really like the. Let's um, see. Always dialed into higher dimensions. That's outstanding. We're gonna have to take that one, uh, Derek. <laughs> yeah, we got. Yeah yeah we stole that shit now seriously now I always dialed into our <laughs> dimensions. <laughs> that, that is awesome that is outstanding i'm just i'm sitting here just like a um really just like a kid in a can- you know uh watching his favorite show just just listening to all these things about dialing into these um you know different e s p type qualities and traits you know I know that we talk about it quite a bit about e s p and and stuff like that you know, and I know you've heard me say it a thousand times, you know, this gut don't lie, you know I mean? Like, like, I mean, you know, like my gut, when my gut tells me something, I, I just got to go with it or I'm sick, you know, (laughs) because I know it's not lying to me, you know, and it's, um, you know, I would just, uh, you know, that's something I might even ask, you know, as a question, you know, here and now, you know, how much do you know, um, you know, and, um, Man, uh, you, what you did a great job, you know, selecting somebody to to interview here. This lady is thorough,
0: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she is, she
3: is thorough. But uh, no, I, I mean, what what could you tell us about that? About because people could even take that from a practical sense. You know, people say that a lot. I feel it in my gut. You know, whenever they feel like something's going to happen or they need to avoid a certain situation or something like that, they say, "I feel it in my gut." You know, what, what, could you share anything about that or, or maybe tell us uh, you know, what we're maybe perceiving um, in, a, in the physical realm and how that relates to the spiritual realm?
2: Well, I can give you the science to start with, which is a very good one. In our DNA, as we discovered, um, actually accesses miniature wormholes into the holographic matrix. So in other words, when you think or have an intent, you're actually tuning in. To that frequency that's going into the matrix and giving you answers. So you know when you put something out, it's like you know every when you first learn to drive a car, you notice all the learners are, uh, that are on the street because you know, on the road because you're a learner. You tune into what you're focusing on. So if you're focusing on you know that feeling, knowing, sensing part of you, it will give you more and more information. It's as simple true. as that. You know, I that's I, so I mean sometimes I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you focus on you're actually sending out a frequency through through your DNA which accesses these wormholes into the matrix that's how it works scientifically but on a sensing knowing level the more you honor the information that you feel sense know you know this wonderful knowing that you have if you listen to that it will continue to offer you information it's just that a lot of people switch off from it they think oh well I didn't You know, I I didn't work that one out logically or analytically. That's not how your multidimensional works. Your multidimensional is sending out a frequency. It's sending out intent. And from that, you pull into you the information that you require. If you listen to it, it will just get better and better. And and you'll feel it more and more. Yeah,
3: so true. You know, you'll
2: feel this buzz through your body. You know, it'll be a buzz that you get. And you think, oh, gosh, I really know that. That's really right. That's what we have to teach and what children and, and, and everyone needs to be shown
3: how to do. No, no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. I um yeah, like I was saying earlier, I'm just like a little kid watching their favorite show, you know, just listening to you. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, they the answers answers are so simple, you know, they like I said, you feel it in your gut. And you know it's true. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I really mm-hmm. I'm interested I'm interested in maybe researching a little bit further, you know, and what you've what you've done as far as um working out your working out your ability to delve into these realms and to decipher this information. And to understand, you know, what all these mean, you know, like what all personally did you do for yourself in order to maybe strengthen yourself so that you could uh, move forward, you know, in in dealing with this sort of reality?
2: Well, I spent three years training how to work with my non-physical side. And by that, I meant learning different types of healing. I, you know, all sorts of other ways of expanding that side of my awareness. And after three years, I learned to trust it. And I also, what I call, felt I could tap into what you call my non-physical team, um, which is energies that you feel around you that can actually communicate with you if you're prepared to listen to it. And it's a bit like a telephone link. You ask the question, the answer comes. You ask the question, the answer comes. And it comes in instantly. You don't think about it. It's just there. It's there as you're thinking the question, it's there. And that's how it works. It's very,
3: very, very yeah. simple. That sounds outstanding. Gotta
1: be. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: yeah, we just yeah. have to learn how to hear it.
3: <laughs> no doubt, no doubt.
1: All right, Watchman, brother, Thank, thanks for calling, man. Me, me and Watchman do a lot of music together. And I, I sent you um, some lyrics before the, the show and uh was about a new song that i'm working on and to touch i want i want to just talk talk about the topic a little bit because w- you you know you mentioned close encounters of the the third kind we have the first kind second third fourth and there's something new now right there's there, the, you know there's this, this new term out there the ce5 close encounters of the fifth kind not where you see a light in the sky or you see an apparition or you see an alien or they contact you, but the other way around, where you contact them, and that's 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 what the you know the new song is that I'm working on. I sent you those lyrics. Where does that come into play as far as maybe even you know like the lyrics say you know going out there sitting in the field, going out there under the night sky, looking up at the stars, trying to make contact. Have you have any experience with that? Have you seen anything, or should we even do that? Some people say don't even. You should not try that.
2: Um, look, I think that when you are ready, whatever you do, whether you're doing it in your lounge room or you're doing it in, some, in the garden, um, it doesn't really matter. Once you're prepared to go to that level of wanting contact, they will know because it's a frequency. It's a, a frequency of intent that they'll pick up. Yes, it's nice to do it with a group of people, And a lot of people have profound experiences. I had one really interesting one when I was in Tepeslan in Mexico where um, Carlos Diaz um, actually saw the light ships. And we did a meditation in a field not far from where he saw all the light ships. And it was being filmed by one of the researchers in Mexico. And there were three of us that felt um, when we were doing the meditation with our eyes closed, felt this bright light. And I was actually quite cross thinking it was the filmmaker with, with a, um, a spotlight coming down and thinking, I wish he'd stop doing that because it's interfering with my meditation, you know? Mm-hmm. And afterwards, three of us saw this bright light within the circle of the seven of us. And the, the filmmaker was terrified. And we said, why? He said, because this strange mist came over you. And he said, I got terrified. And he moved out of the way. So he wasn't there. And yet we'd seen this bright light in the middle of this. And obviously, and afterwards, I've got lovely images of, of uh, orbs of light and what have you around. So what I'm saying is that the, if the intent is there, I believe they can contact you anywhere. But it's sometimes nice to do it in a group and make that kind of contact because we're sending out to them, we're ready. We're sending out, we want an interface with you. And and that's what you can do also in spiritual groups is you can call in these intelligences and you can start to feel their energy. And that's something I've felt. And then you can have a communication because we are all telepathic. We all have the ability. It's just that it's like anything. You don't use it a lot. It isn't going to um, operate so well. So it's, it's like everything. It's learning how to remember that you can do this. And the intent itself will get you you know, get
1: you on that path. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, while I had you, um, concerning the the uh, di- different nuclear bombs and stuff that we have, and some of the the test the testing that they've been doing, and some of these testings that they've done. They've shot rockets up, and there's video footage and, and testimony, and just tons and tons of of testimony and videos of 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 uh these ships coming and shooting beams at the rocket and um not detonating them but basically paralyzing the rockets and they just fall down and they're duds nothing nothing happens and even other scenarios where there's asteroids headed towards the earth even the one in i believe it was in russia maybe four or five years ago came through the atmosphere And right before it hit, there's video of a craft flying next to it, shooting it with a beam, and it dispersing. Where does that come to play? Because people are saying, well, you know, if these things are the enemies and and these things are, um, you know, malevolent and want to hurt mankind and things like this, like, where does that come into play? And what do you know about them being our protectors and overseers and have been here since the beginning? This isn't something new, but they've been here way longer than we have.
2: All of that. Um, I can tell you in terms of, you know, them being around military bases and basically deprogramming the nukes. And they've done that in Rendlesham Forest Mm in England, um, in Suffolk. Um, But also they've done that in the US in many military bases. And one of the gentlemen that speaks about this is Robert Sala, who's actually a friend of mine. And we've talked about this several times where, you know, outside the base that he was on in the 60s, there was craft seen and basically sent beams of energy to deprogram the nukes there. And that, we believe, happened in Rendersham Forest in Suffolk as well. But many other places that the local, you know, the, that most of the public don't know about. So they really don't want us using nukes, the nuclear power for bombs or anything else. And I think they're making it very clear that that's not okay because they're saying it's affecting them as well as us on many dimensions we don't understand the consequences of a lot of this kind of technology like the heart technology we don't even really understand you know the cern you know everything to do with the hadron collider and what they might be doing there for example they're playing with global um physics um in terms of ways that the rest of the public don't even know about and that is a big worry but i do think that they won't allow us to destroy ourselves and i think the reason they're sending so many of these new humans, I call them, you know, yeah. the new programs. Because they are, if you like, are superhumans. They're going to be the ones that will be able, they know what truth is. They can look at you and know whether you're lying. They know that governments are lying. They know about the fact the moon is artificial. They know that we've been to both the moon and Mars. They know um, all the agendas. They know about the chemtrails. They know all of this because they're educated off world And because of that, they also know one eight-year-old told me that she can actually control the element of the wind. She knows she can control it. Now, if you've got kids that are aware of abilities like this, and this is just one of their many abilities, how they can see uh, and feel and sense more than any of the, the average, what we call normal human. If you've got enough of these children around the planet, just think of what they can do. And they've come um, like those that are being activated right now, they've come to make a difference, to change what's going on here. And I think we're very close to some major shift where we're going. To, everything's being exposed now, you know, corruption, all the stuff, the chaos, and that's all to start us off. I think on a very new footing, a footing where people are going to be awake and activated, and are going to change what's going on. And I think that we've all come to help with that, as you have, Derek, in your work that you're doing by merely you know very importantly putting this information out so people can feel empowered can feel uh, and not get put down by the fear of doom and gloom that you're hearing across the planet and not letting that stop you from doing what you know is important
1: that's that's so true and i I believe it 100 percent. i mean i've seen so many videos that um you know talk about it's just all the hysteria out there i just try to do what i can to combat the hysteria and, and the fear. Cause I know, I know the power fear, fear has, I know that fear is a spirit. It's a spiritual battle dealing with fear and anxiety and things and depression, these things that we go through and it's tied in with all the, you know, all the negative uh, side of ufology, just like the whole negative side of everything else we, we have to deal with. So I wanted to ask you, um, dealing with spirituality, I, I listened to an interview with you the other day and you mentioned um that people who have these uh, um, contact with these beings angelic contact this type of stuff that they talk about speaking in a different type of language and just randomly speaking in this languages i know that we, you know I, I actually study um comparative theology and i try to find the, the different streams within all religions that kind of make us the same and one of the things that we all uh, profess is this term that's called glossalia where uh you have a spiritual encounter and these words come forth and christians call it speaking in tongues um and it's it's a phenomenon and some people know what's going on some people can interpret that there's people when you speak in that language someone hears it and they know what you're saying can you talk a little bit about that
2: yes um it's fascinated me that those that have contact often will start to come out with what they call star languages or light language. Yeah,
1: light language, yeah.
2: Universal language. And there seems to be a, a different kind of understanding with some. But I, I was speaking to a mother whose nine year old speaks one of these light languages to her. And she says, I under I, I can say it back to him, but he can translate it and I can't. This is this is a nine year old that will operate through this light language. My understanding is some of them come from the star languages, from their star heritage, um, but some of them are packets of information. One of the young men that speaks one of the light languages said that it's, um, it's like the dolphin's language, which conveys images mm-hmm. through, the, through the, the, the language, the way that dolphins operate. They're conveying images um, through that particular language. But the whole thing is, to, is a frequency that's actually affecting people. So somebody who hears this, can sometimes get really emotional and not know why. Yeah. But what it means is that it's triggering something, it's yeah. activating something in them, their DNA that resonates to that. And it may be the the Pleiadian, or it may be, um, you know, something from, you know, um, Arcturus or whatever. They're actually resonating with our ET DNA because we've all got it. We've all, um, some believe we've got twelve inserts of ET DNA um, within us. And as our frequency rises, we are then accessing the our extraterrestrial DNA. So when someone says, I'm Pleiadian, their frequency is resonating to the Pleiadian ET DNA within them. So, you know, that's how it's happening. But these languages trigger it, just like the crop circles trigger awakening, just like some of the scripts that people do, some of the artwork people do, some of the music frequencies that you know, because it's coming through on the music frequencies with star seeds. Oh, yeah, and then triggering the, and activating DNA as well. So, all these different ways are shifting our frequency and raising our frequency so that we can access more of who we are.
1: Words of vibrations, thought forms are vibrations, they have a vibrational frequency to them that can be measured. Um, and so it's the same thing with this, um, speaking in tongues or the light languages. Usually it's a feeling and the feeling rises up and is communicated through an angelic language. Uh, even in the Bible, Paul talks about the language of the angels and they have the, you know, this angelic language that it's, you know, you, it, it, you can't understand it to the human ear, but with my own studying and my own, um, <laughs> trying to figure things out. Right. Um, I wrote down some of the words that I say. There'll be times where I will i will speak in that, that, that heavenly language and there'll be phrases that I say over and over. And I was like, well, you know, let me write it down. Let me see if I can look this up. Is this, am I speaking Scandinavian? Because it's been said that sometimes that these are actual languages, a lot of them dead, maybe ancient Hebrew, which is a dead language, Sumerian. These languages, let me look them up and see if I can find anything. So I wrote a phrase down, and, and and the phrase that I was saying was um, macateo, 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 and I would say that in a sentence with some other stuff, but that, that was one that stuck out. So I said, ma, and I just spelled it several different ways, M-A-H-K-A-H-T-A-O, looked it up, nothing, and I, I put it all together as one word, and I found out that it was an actual word and it, it had meaning to it. And get this, the meaning that was coming through was hope for humanity. The word, I believe it was in Scandinavian, that meant we have hope for humanity. Isn't that strange? And get this, the main character on the movie Avatar, um, the, the other tribe, the uh, Avatar tribe, their second down leader, the warrior, his name was Makateo. I was like, wow, this is something and how it all fits in. And it's like, man, I, I didn't even know we could try to interpret our own light language and find and get these messages of what our spirit is crying out. And that's what it says in the Bible. It's so beautiful. It says that the spirit cries out through you with uh, with uh, groanings and and sounds that cannot be pronounced. And it just cries out of you and cries forth so People, man, you you feel that language and you might have to get by yourself when you do it, but do it. Let that language come forth, man. And you feel it. You feel it coming out of your belly as rivers of living water and it changes the way you feel. I feel it right now talking about it. It's so beautiful. Um, And it's all about just trying to tap in and learning. It's, you know, they are our teachers. They're here to lead us and guide us into all truth. And it is a spirit that permeates every living thing. It is, it, it is benevolent. It it does have our greater good in mind and it is beautiful. So yeah, all the fear and all the hysteria guys, I challenge you guys just to step out there, step out in faith and try it. If you have the questions, ask the questions, because if you never ask the questions, you'll never get the answers. So Mary, thank you so much for coming on the show. Was there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to speak on that we didn't touch on?
2: Oh, there's probably all sorts of things. (laughs) Um, It's been a pleasure. I would like to say I'm coming to the U.S., by the way, in October, November, in Sedona, West Virginia, and Miami, and Boston, and Detroit. So if anyone's interested in coming to any of where I will go into more detail in in this wonderful thing that's actually happening on this planet now, Um, then just get in touch with me and what have you. But it's been an absolute pleasure, Derek, and I've been really interested in your personal um, understanding um, uh, and what have you, because you're the ones that are, you know, it's going to be your generations that are going to be the ones that help us get this planet on track again. So thank you very, very much.
1: Thanks so much for coming on the show, Mary. You want to give your, uh, your website one last time before we go, because I know you got some awesome books on there. The New Human, which I've been telling everybody when, when, whenever I, I emailed you and we scheduled the show, I've been telling everybody about the book, The New Human. And I know so many people who have children who are ADD, ADHD, and their children are beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And they, they teach us how to dance again. It teaches how to live again. I'm telling you, it's something so beautiful. And you went into detail on that entire subject in the book, the new human. And I also want to get expressions, uh, expressions of ET contact. That's the one, the next one I'm going to get I'll probably be picking up one of those from you. But you do have all that stuff available on your website. I think you do, you do private sessions as well. If you want to go ahead and tell everybody about that.
2: Yeah, I do hypnosis over Skype for those that want regressions and what have you. But my, t- I've got two websites, maryrodwell.com.au or Acern a c e r n dot com dot au. Either of those, you can get in touch with me. I'm also on Facebook, so that that will allow anyone to contact me.
1: Thanks so much, Mary, for coming on, and I hope to speak with you soon. Thanks so much, and I'm going to send you that song. It's it's finished. Oh, it's finished. It's finished, but it's not out yet. But I'm going to send it to you because I know you'll enjoy it.
2: thank you Derek it's been a pleasure
1: all right thank you my friend
2: take care bye-bye Bye bye.
1: -bye. awesome man another awesome podcast I really enjoy doing these things man I get some really cool guests on the show um and I'm I'm like Watchman Watchman called in he said I'm a kid I feel like a kid in the candy store right that's exactly how I feel so um all these podcasts from its conception, and, and there's a lot of, of shows that weren't even archived that are like seven, eight years old, man. When I was first uh, doing radio shows, we didn't call them podcasts back then. They were just a radio show. I had my own radio show, right? That's what we called it. But there were so many guests that I had on back then, but still learning how to do it and, you know, learn how to interview people, but essentially asking questions that I had. And all of this stuff, all of these questions um, are an extension of my music. Um, most of these people who I have on the show, I've been researching their work for years and started a podcast. And now I'm able to pick their brain about questions that I heard of in, in, in interviews and podcasts. You got you to gotta think about it. Like people like Jordan Maxwell and Santos Bonacci, like listening to hours and hours of their work, Trisha McCannon with the mystery school, uh, the the Phoenix Mystery School out of Atlanta, like listening to her podcast, a bunch of them, and I have them on the show. I'm like a kid in the candy store. I'm just asking them questions, man. And, uh, you know, James Gillen, I got a name drop, Ed Grimsley, all these people who I've had the opportunity to have on here. And now Mary Rodwell, who, man, she is an expert in this field, man. And it's such an honor to have these people on here and to talk to them, pick their brain, um, and you know, just you know, what I'm saying, share the same space as these people. It's so, it's so awesome. I, I really do look up to these people, um, especially for for stepping out in a space where it's not cool to step out, or you know, you're you're kind of fringe or whatever. I've definitely been there. And 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 knowing that we're doing the work for all of you guys who are listen listening, all of you guys who are watching, who have the questions, who who aren't able. To, um, to reach out to these people. You know, some of them have schedules and stuff like that, but we, we, we try, to, try to get them on here. We try to make this stuff available. I try to make myself available for anybody who, who has these questions and just let people know, like I said, at the top of the hour, you're not alone. You're not alone, man. There's no uh, question that should go unasked. There's no topic that should go unlooked. Fear and and condemnation, man, has no place in the life of a child of God. I'm telling you, man, um, it is all about inspiration. Everything is founded on love. We walk in this. My music is is breathing and and oozing inspiration for others. I enjoy all of the, the, the feedback that I get from people. Um, I don't even know what to do with the, with the feedback anymore. I get so much, honestly. Um, and, and I've have shared this many times that at the very beginning of my beginning of my awakening and doing the music that embodied the awakening, all the positive comments I saved them all like on a notepad, and I, I mean it was like a hundred of them. And every every positive comment I got, I saved it because I knew the negative ones would come, right? And I knew I would maybe get to places where I don't know what, what the future holds, or I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life, or whatever. And I'd go back and read these comments and say, you know what? I'm impacting people's life. The music has has uh had an impact and I'm gonna keep doing it. And I just read those I read those comments and it just it just motivates me. But I've gotten to the place where I get so many of them and it, it doesn't go unlooked. So if you want to reach out, totally reach out. It doesn't go unlooked, but it's so frequent now, and I'm thankful for the work that God has allowed me to do and to reach out to you guys and you guys see me as, as as someone who um will listen essentially right isn't isn't that all all it is is it someone who, who would listen like i said it's practical guys it's, it's it ain't even nothing deep like all it, i love all the deep stuff but if but all the deep stuff it does not embody in something practical and the way we treat people the way we treat our family and our, and our friends and you know our coworkers and things like that then it doesn't mean anything you know, if we speak with the tongues of angels, but have not love, we are simply but a, a resounding gong. We're just clanging cymbals, making noise, tooting our own horns. It's all about love. Each and every one of you, I challenge you to come back to love. Come back to your first love, man. Remember why you started this stuff, guys. Every single one of you, man. Just remember where you started. That's, that's, that's the place of beauty, man, to remember where you started. Um. I got to give a shout out to everybody who's supporting on Patreon. Uh, talking about the love and support, Patreon, man. www.patreon.com backslash Truth Seeker. The link is in the show notes. It's everywhere. This is how you guys um, help support what I'm doing, what I'm building here with the music and with the podcast, essentially. Um, that is helping so much and it's so much in- encouraging because like right now, when I first started, you know, what I'm saying the numbers would kind of shift a little bit and I'd have five people support. Then it dropped down to three and then two and then ten and then five. And it would go back and forth from month to month. But now to see the numbers being consistent and more and more people saying, you know what, True Sega? I appreciate what you're doing. I love the podcast. I want to help you. And I want to give a dollar a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, twenty five, whatever it is. We have people giving different numbers. Dan Oskopinski, shout out gives 33 33 every month <laughs> 333 baby so that you know what I'm saying that you guys would actually fund it I know I know $5 isn't a lot even a dollar it, it like I'm, I'm just appreciative of all of it and it goes a long way all of this stuff costs money this microphone costs money um, these lights there's a light right there like all of this stuff costs money I'm a full-time father a full-time um, truck driver podcaster. I, I I work for a living. I'm trying to make music as well. So every little bit that you guys uh, do, it goes a long way. Whether you are giving financially, whether you are um, just leaving comments and reviews on iTunes, um, definitely do that, man. Go to iTunes and subscribe. That's where like the numbers are. Go to iTunes, give us a rating and subscribe there. It means the world. And if you do that right now, we do have a contest that we're doing we're giving away my uh spiritual alchemy jacket i don't know if you guys seen it but it is on the facebook it is on the youtube Uh, we have the spiritual alchemy jacket with the person who's ascending to higher consciousness also resembles the angels like the new body that we received that was the whole concept for the spiritual alchemy transforming from one level to the next that um album cover is on the jacket sublimation print on the jacket we're going to pick one lucky winner for whoever goes to iTunes and leaves us a comment there and leaves us a rating, um, we're going to pick one winner to draw. And I got some other stuff I'm going to be giving away as well. And they're all going to be coming through the, the iTunes subscription stuff. So make sure that you head on over there and do that. So with all that being said, I got to make sure that I shout out the two new patrons patrons for this uh, month so far that we've got. Uh, the homie Smokey, which is Michael, I believe your name was. He hit me up through uh, email, he let me, he hasn't even heard my music, has no idea I even rap, but he found the podcast, he loves it, he's listening, he's supporting, Um, he hit me up through email, just asking me questions and stuff, and uh, you know, trying to respond to him, and and make sure I answer every every question, man, so thank you so much, um, Smokey, for that, I see you, I see you, man, thank you so much, and also the homie Cole, and I've been wrestling with your last name, Cole, (laughs) Cole Pogue, P-O-G-U-E, Pog, Pog, Thank you so much, man, for repping the, the, the music and um, supporting what I'm doing. Everybody, everybody in the chat room. Thank you guys. Holding it down, man. I'm watching all these comments come down. You guys got to call me, man. Call, call in and say hello. Taylor, dude, you've been supporting for a very long time. You got to call in and say hello, man. The next one that we do, catch me live, call in and say hello. I want to I talk to you guys, man. Everybody there, Bible reader. Um... KGF interviews, uh, everybody, man, who's just holding us down in the chat room and everybody on Facebook, man, just means so much. So with that, I'm going to say peace and shalom. I want each and every one of you guys to have a blessed night and just know, man, winter is coming, man. Winter's coming. That's right. So I love each and every one of you guys and we will holler at y'all later.
0: Peace, peace. Shout out.